Okay, so before we begin, I would just like to state for the record that today is April 30th, 2020, and my name is Ben Bauman, and I'm here in Indianapolis, Indiana, and I'm speaking via phone with Calvin Didier, who is in Minnesota, I believe. Yes, uh-huh. And we are doing an interview for the Indiana Oral History Initiative. Uh, so, starting off, when and where were you born? In, in, in Detroit, Michigan. Uh, and, uh, uh, Ferndale is called Detroit, Michigan. Okay. And uh, what were your parents' names? Uh, Ralph Henri Didier and, uh, uh, let's see, uh, uh, Elizabeth, uh, Elizabeth uh, uh, Ferguson Didier. Yeah, we uh, pronounce it D-D-A. D-D-A. D-I-E-R. It's D-D-A. It doesn't matter how you write it. I'll just understand. Yeah, no, that's good. That's that, that's important. Yeah, Calvin Didier. All right. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Um, and where was your family from uh, originally? Were you got, was your family from the Michigan area before? Your... Uh, no. The, my father was born in Michigan, a little pinconning Michigan, and uh, up a little north. My mother was born in uh, in uh, Scotland, and uh, she was raised until she was about eighth grade. Uh, and then her father, who was a minister, uh, moved over uh, to many Scottish families in in Canada and the United States. So she has been in this country since she was about eight years old. Oh, okay. Wow. Very interesting. And how did you end up in Indiana? Uh, I was uh, a student at, at the University of Michigan, and uh, then after that in graduate school, I went on and, and went into a seminary uh, at the Presbyterian Seminary in Chicago, McCormick. And uh, out of that, I got a, a, a student uh, ministry while I was preparing, you know, in the seminary. So that was happened that uh, I, I was led to a, a parish where the minister had not done so well and so they were willing to take a student so i was there for three years at a place called ligonier indiana wow okay and uh, what what years were you there what what year well let's see that would be in the early 50s uh, um i haven't got the things right before me now i graduated in 54 must have been 51 52 53 about that time oh okay very interesting um and uh, so growing up, what were your parents' occupations? Well, my father had been in the, the uh, dairy, he was, he was a um, CPA, and then he was in the dairy, but he had his own business in Detroit, uh, his business there, his dairy business, and then a big one in um, Flint. And so it was that, and then we traveled about the state as he assumed leadership of a group of, of, of dairies. And uh, then uh, he had an offer to go into a, a, a major outfit in Detroit. But because of the influence of Grandfather Ferguson, who was from Scotland and was a, was a minister, my father then decided he also would, would go into the ministry. So he did that. Wow. And then his first uh, assignment was in, or he developed a, a, a congregation in Flint, Michigan. Okay. Wow. Very interesting. Um, let's see, did you have any siblings growing up? There, there were seven of us, uh-huh. uh, three boys and, and four girls. Okay. Let's see, that makes, 
it, 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 that makes sense. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, yeah, I, I, I was the third in the family. Oh, okay, excellent. All right. And how would you describe your childhood? Uh, well, it, it was uh, it was it was interesting. Uh, for a while, I worked for my father at the dairy, and then uh, that was very interesting. Learning the, the whole game there, and then uh, then when he decided to, to, to go in the ministry, he developed first uh, what we call a Sunday school. And so it wasn't a real organized church. It was just uh, uh, children who needed training and so on. So then I helped in that. And then he also developed a place in Saginaw, Michigan. So I helped in that. And by the time I was 14, I hate to tell you, that, tell you this, by the time I was 14, I was already having to give sermons because uh, I had been uh, uh, taught so much by Grandfather Ferguson and by my father, and, and it was imposed on me to help with it wherever I could. So started out just helping Sunday school, and pretty soon the people there not having too much education, they were asking me to talk to them. So by the time I was 14, I was practically speaking oh my gosh. A, a preacher. Then uh, things got uh, worse in one sense in the war and so on, and uh, uh, little church at Clifford, Michigan, um, called me in to be their minister, which I couldn't, of course, at my age, only 17, but I functioned as such because they didn't have anybody. So then I was uh, uh, preaching every Sunday and, and visiting them like, like my father's work. That started out that way. And then finally I, I finished that and got back to the University of Michigan to finish up my uh, uh, graduate degree. Wow, that's that's fascinating. <laughs> so you, you really started... Uh your career, I guess, as a minister at a very young age then, basically. <laughs> yes, yes, just, uh, you know, just uh, necessity. Little churches that didn't have anybody, and they wanted them to speak, and by that time I had heard so many sermons that not so much I could, could speak the language, and so uh, uh, fine for, you know, 14, 15, 16-year-old, they just wanted somebody. Right, sure, okay. Um, so who would you say was the most influential person in your childhood? Um, well, uh, on the, on the business of being uh, uh, focused on these various kind of uh, church activities and also his, his uh, dairies, I was not saying, but the, the deep uh, influence in me, uh, other than uh, promoting me to do these jobs emotionally and uh, in every other was, was mother. Okay. Interesting. Okay. Um, what understanding, if any, did you have about your family's political beliefs as a child? Well, when I was growing up, uh, Dad was uh, running his business there in, in uh, northern Michigan, the various uh, cities where he had dairies. Uh, he, he was, uh, uh, I got the impression, he, as look back at he was a Republican. Mm -hmm. And, uh, um, uh, that meant a lot of different things, not very much to me at that time, of course, but uh, that was where he st stood from, from the standpoint, as I understand it. He was not very politically minded in terms of involved in that, but his, you know, just position uh, over radio and so on. Right, okay. Um, what schools did you attend as a child and as a teenager? What school, you say? Yes, what schools? What? Well, I, I did uh, schools uh, in uh, Pearson in, in, in Flint and in, in, uh, Flint Northern, and then I graduated from Flint Northern and ended up being the uh, um, 
the, the, the whole schools of, what do you say, the president of the council. Oh, okay. <laughs> and also I was the drum major of the band. And I also, I played in the orchestra, those kinds of things, very active that way. So uh, that was between working on, on the Sunday school and churches in the, in the weekends. The rest of the time I was in school being active as the, uh, band leader and uh, head of the student council and so on, that kind of thing. Wow, okay. Um, and so did you enjoy school a lot then, growing up? Actually, I didn't hear, say that again, please. Did you enjoy school a lot growing up? Uh, I, I think it is. The thing that bothered me was that I couldn't go uh, into athletics. Uh, that was uh, uh, against the rules. Uh, in fact, in junior high school, uh, with Grandfather Ferguson uh, being a, a Scottish thing, they were so they were so fussy. They didn't even want me to be gym class. They didn't want me to take uh, showers with the other ones. So I was the champion uh, for baby uh, for sitting, uh, you know, uh, while somebody's holding me and making a number of those, trying to do it that way. But I couldn't join the athletic program, which was big at those days, and so I had to do other things, like as I say, be the drum major and be the head of the council and so on. So I was kind of a restriction, not a, not deeply a religious life, but, but it was a very spiritual life and having to work on weekends. Okay, interesting. Um, and during school, did you have any favorite subjects at all? Uh, I, I think uh, the favorite subject was English uh, in many ways, and I used to try to uh, write uh, stories and poems and so on. I uh, then elected to, to take after school uh, mathematics. The math program wasn't very good, and I was not getting much on it. So that's how I had to learn to do equations and so on. But I had to do that latest after school. Right. Okay. And so now skipping ahead a bit, when you were in college, you went to uh, college to become a minister, correct? I, I, excuse me, I did. What, what, after I went, to, I went to College University of Michigan, and uh, then I, I graduated there, and then I went out and taught school here at Owasso, Michigan after that, okay. and then went back to college to finish a master's degree, and from there I went on to seminary in Chicago that, uh, for ministry. Got it. And when you were at Michigan, uh, what did you major in? I majored in English. Uh, I was on a special thing. I was one of seven students in uh, the big uh, liberal arts thing, about five, five, six thousand of them. Anyway, there were seven of us that were picked up to uh, to be in a specialized uh, class with the professors, and there were there were. Uh, a handful of professors, like four or five of them, who conducted us in a special thing. So I graduated with special honors in English with just the seven of us did. Okay. And uh, then at the meantime, I supported myself because I got a job on the, the, the uh, University of Michigan, not their thing, but the commercial station there in Ann Arbor. I uh, uh, applied for and got a job as an announcer. So I supported myself uh, by being a regular commercial announcer. Wow, okay. That's interesting. Um, so when you got your English major and you graduated, did you ever think that you would become a minister? Was that the plan, or did you have other... No, no, it wasn't the plan. I don't know. Uh, I don't know how it worked out. Um, I didn't get drafted and never could understand. I was 1A all the time, but I never applied for any uh, anything off. I just, I just didn't get called. It was sort of the end of, uh, of the war and so on, but uh, right. 
beside the point. Uh, I didn't apply for anything. I just simply waited for the with a number ten to, to call. But when that didn't help, I, I took off for for Chicago, and uh, there I got a job on a, a radio station, a Chicago radio station, which supported me pretty well. And uh, I wrote some script for them, so it, it went in that direction. But uh, I, it, and then when I finished, I went to, to teach at Owasso, Michigan, old Tom Dewey's hometown. But anyway, uh, there I, I was on the radio again as an announcer, supporting myself that way along with the teaching school. So okay. That was it. Yeah, that's that's really interesting. Um, and when you were in college, did you enjoy college or? Well, it was awful hard work for me. I usually have to be out hitchhiking every weekend to get a ride to where I was assigned to either lead one of these churches or one of the uh, Sunday schools or something. Uh, I, it was it was hard work to do yeah. that. But anyway, that's what was necessary. So I was about, oh, 60, 70 miles from my family in, in, in uh, Flint, Michigan. So I'd hitchhike there and then take off one of their cars or something for their assignment that particular weekend. Wow, okay, yeah. And it was a it was a hard working family. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it. That's that's pretty intense. Uh, both, both, uh, physically, my father was a very hard worker, and he he uh, was uh, he should have gone on in the, the um, legal work, but he was tied up with because he took the classes. Uh, you know, he's just a, a boy from the far country, but he did pretty well for himself anyway. But he he got by. My grandfather Ferguson, he got into the religious business. Uh, the Scottish grandfather, and that influenced us all. Yeah, it sounds like it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's interesting. Okay, cool. Um, did you have any uh, any more thoughts about politics and stuff when you were in college? No, but I was I was uh, on the debating team and the captain of the debating team. Okay, so that was natural for us to speak that way. So. That was, uh, you know, that in a different way. That was much more political than the debate topics and so on. Sure. Yeah. Okay. You know, should the should the federal government own and operate the railroads? Themes like that, you know. Right. Right. Okay. And so you already mentioned that you were never drafted for World War II, but what was it like just living in that time? Well. It was always uh, it was always a problem. I, I I said to to my family when I waited around and waited around and waited around and I was interviewed and so on. Uh, I had been been uh, you know waiting to be drafted and uh, I was given a th- somebody oh, the, the YMCA asked for about four or five of us to get three months deferment while we finished their uh, uh, camps. So we took that, but. All of us went our different ways, and there was nothing to that. But I, I just didn't get so. All I could do is say, "Well, I'm going to go to Chicago. I, I, I have to report within ten days. For goodness sakes, call me immediately so I'll know." Right. But uh, uh, nothing happened of that, so I stayed on in Chicago. Okay. Yeah. Wow. And I had a good job there on the radio. That helped me, supported me all the way. So, and that was always in public, and I was always on the public things. Uh, Right. In fact, I remember the excitement of the day when I was announced at the end of the war and the atomic bomb and that kind of thing. Oh, okay, sure, yeah. Interesting. So I was in the politics of it all the time because I was the news announcer in Chicago. Yeah, that must have been that must have been a very interesting thing. So were you often then giving updates on the war to the public? 
uh, was I active? Uh, no, I never had any any comments on on the war. I mean, it seemed to me uh, it was a uh, it was you know the thing that I didn't have any 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 uh, adverse or, or, or rah rah things. I just you know, right. but like everybody else, it, that's what it, what it was. Yeah. But uh, the radio gave me a, a terrific exposure on the, the, the teletype all the time on what was going on and, and so on. So I was very aware of it. But I, I wasn't involved in, in even commenting on the war or taking a position or being right. uh, objector or anything. I just uh, just went along, wait till things happened, then suddenly it was over. Okay, but you were you were uh, reporting on the war a lot in terms of just like yes, telling yes, the public had, what was happening. I had uh, three or four uh, daily newscasts and. Uh, so, uh, you know, I was out, the newscasts were always, you know, about the war and so on. Right, of course. And uh, when, did you, when did you start reporting on the war? Was it from the very beginning of it, or was it a little bit later? No, no, this would be, because I was too young at that time. Right, that's the, what I thought. Yeah, uh, I, I just, actually, mostly the, the last year of it, when I was on the radio and so on, I don't know exact time, but that was the big sure. news, of course, coming in on the teletype. Right, okay. Interesting. Um, let's see. Are you married at all, or did you ever get married? I'm married. Yes, I'm married. Uh, <laughs> yes, uh, I can't. I, I, this is beside the point. But I was on a radio, eight o'clock news thing, and uh, my former, my roommate from across the he ran. He said, "Come, come! You've got to get down here. You've got to see this girl downstairs." So, <laughs> so, I, so I came down and, and saw this girl, and she was a very beautiful girl. And so I went back up and finished my news and so on. And the, the, the girl was there in, near that school, which was nearby. I Again, apparently she was a, a girl from out of state, Wisconsin, and she was there again. Well, I had to get back to Michigan and get my classes pretty soon, but I, I braved after a couple seeing her there to tell her that I was going and could I have a, a, a date with her. So she said okay, and uh, she was from Wisconsin, and, and uh, I took her to uh, Jose Guy, the big restaurant there, which is pretty big for me, but I had nothing to do. So I took her there. This was, you know, like only the third time meeting, but, you know, she lived with a family there not far from that in their house. So I took her home and then said, now, you know, I'm not going to be here tomorrow. I'll be in Michigan. So from then I, can, uh, I conducted, after just one date and after these several times by the school, I conducted a, a writing connection for the next uh, three months before I could get back to Chicago. But, of course, that's the girl that I married. I never had any other girlfriend, and not serious. And so I can't imagine how it happened as I look at it over now. I, I just, it's one of those things that happened. Hell, she, she was there and called to my attention, and I just went for her. And, and, and uh, it took us three years beyond that to get married. Right. And then, incidentally, um, being short with school, I was short of money, and, and uh, my sister said, you know, I should apply for a bride and groom program on the, the uh, in that network. Well, they aren't the networks yet, on CBS or uh, NBC, I forget, CBS, I think. Anyway, so, okay, so I wrote a letter to uh, uh, bride and groom, and then we went ahead with our wedding plans because that, by that time we had been together for three years, just all as a distance. I was just to write her letters and so, lo and behold, I got an invitation to them come to, to Hollywood and, and be married on Bride and Groom program. Wow. That's what I did. Wow. So, you, so, so was this like a some type of TV show then? or? 
Oh, yeah, it was, it was just for, oh, yeah, it was a TV show, yeah, Bride and Groom, and they had people in, uh, uh, well, one of the big comedians at the time also happened to be married the day next to ours, although he wasn't a comedian at the time, uh, oh, what's his name, excuse me for the moment, anyway, that was just interesting. They just picked people out enough for, for five people a week, and then they sent us a honeymoon at Laguna Beach. The interesting thing, this is a curious side, not to there, the interesting thing on Laguna Beach, where we were uh, put that big hotel, wasn't too developed, and so the people from Hollywood would come down and, and go on the, the beach while we were there, and uh, Victor Mature was there, and one day when I was on it, right by him, he's got a, a city there with a, a girl. <laughs> A girl on each side. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that's the other place it was. Well, that's an aside. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's no, that's good. That's uh, those are really interesting details. Uh, that's that's neat. So, uh, what was the name of the actor again? Uh, Victor Mature. That was his name. Victor Mature. Okay, interesting. Wow. And and so, what did yeah. you? <laughs> that was uh, <laughs> the whole by even being the bridegroom was odd. Everything was but anything. It was wonderful for somebody who maybe needed the help. Uh, yeah, I was make, Yeah. Anyway. Uh, and what did your uh, parents think about you guys getting married as part of this program? Oh, I, I don't. I don't think. Well, I, I. I suppose my father wondered about that uh, <laughs> in terms of, but it didn't matter to him that much. Personally, he was glad to hear that I had worked something out and and. Sure. Uh, uh, um, my they, my mother and and they all they all fell for for my wife. Uh, she was a, was wasn't is a beautiful girl, and so uh, she being the first one of the seven children to be married. Why, uh, even though we had been going together for three years before we could do it, we were all late sharing. I suppose there are a lot of people were not exactly like our kind of people in terms of their training and upbringing. So so my family was kind of late in getting married. Oh, okay. Sure. Interesting. Yeah, so I was the first one. Um, let's see. Do you have any children? I have five children, yes. Okay. Um, we have five children. Right. Uh, one of them, uh, you know, one is, is, was a, you know, the valedictorian of her class type, went on to Wellesley and then went on to Mayo uh, Medical School. And the second one uh, became an uh, accountant. And the third one uh, was a uh, school teacher, and and has been up until even recently. And uh, the fourth one, uh, let's see, uh, what was he? Oh, he was teaching. He was in college teaching. And uh, the fifth one, uh, uh, well, let's see, the the the, no, the the fourth one, the fourth one went into the ministry, and the fifth one is a, was a college teacher. Oh, okay, interesting. And, and what? Yeah. What are your children's names? Uh, well, Rochelle and Camille and uh, uh, Charles and uh, Charles uh, Christian mm -hmm. and uh, John. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's not that hard to remember. It's just putting them all together. That right. Way. Sure. Sure. Um. Did your family, like your children and wife, influence your career at all, or? Uh, no, I don't. I don't. I don't think so. It's the way the way things are that happened. Uh, um, you know, I had I had 
wanted to go on into uh, college teaching. That's what I prepared for when I went out and got my master's. And when I took the graduate beyond that, and was going to get a PhD, and then an event happened that kind of an unusual man had picked me up and met me in Lansing, where I was still. Uh, going to school in Ann Arbor, but anyway, uh, and he had me come and and and, and preach in his church. Well, it's unheard of, you know. I didn't preach for the, for the major churches, but right. he had me do that. And then he took me uh, eventually uh, took me down to Indiana and introduced me to some people uh, with, where they had had a minister. It didn't work out so well. So would they like to take a student minister for a while? Well, they did, and it took for three years, and that's how I got through seminary and why I went to seminary. I was never even planning to go to seminary. I'd had enough of religion, not, I'll say bitterly, but, you know, I'd had enough of that for grandfather and father and, and, and brothers and so on. But just the coincidence of thinking he was such a persuasive person, a wonderful person, he had me come and take his pulpit, you know, when, when it, we met. And that was unheard of for somebody who wasn't even <laughs> a preacher or anything. No. But he had in mind that that's where I was going to go. In one way or another, he happened to direct me because I took that student church and, and got a scholarship to go to seminary, and that changed everything. Sure, okay. Interesting. And... Uh... So, moving on in your career, how did you become more involved in politics? Well, um, I was a minister of that church at, at Laporte, Indiana, but that was three years had gone by since the other things, and uh, there were some people in the, the congregation that were active in politics, and, and they just, just pushed it one time and, and just said, you guys, we're not very represent, well represented here. So would you run? They said, no, I can't, I can't do that. I mean, you know, a minister doesn't run very often. What would it be? Well, they pushed hard enough in, in terms of wanting a candidate, and apparently I had some popularity in that, uh, that small community. So, you know, I said, well, okay, nothing to lose. I agreed. I remember they tried it at, at Lansing one time after I'd given uh, school plays, and they liked them so much they wanted me to come to Lansing to, to be uh, in the teaching profession, so I figured, well, okay, they they wanted me then to go into, uh, to maybe run for an office. I, no, I didn't didn't do that thing. We we weren't that way. But these people pushed far enough, so I went, and lo and behold, I won. Wow. So, uh, uh, then there was more pressure to continue. The governor uh, uh, was a, became a friend of mine, and his I knew his, his family also uh, from the town. Uh, and they kind of indicated maybe I should keep on and run for Secretary of State. I said, I can't do that. That's not where I belong. This is where, I mean, I appreciate the, the, the legislature and so on, but uh, I, without being an order, just simply went on and went to the next uh, uh, preaching opportunity in Columbus, Ohio, and without order, it's just the course of that, I finished, had my work had been done, and uh, I, I would, this was a year or two after I was off, so... Uh, that's the way it went. I didn't, didn't have any intention of staying in the ministry. Right. Okay. Interesting. And uh, what what exactly shaped your political outlook at the time when you first started becoming involved in politics? 
Well, I, I was, uh, I was uh, tended to be quite solidly on the Republican side because the, the Democratic side was represented by the South, which was uh, uh, not very friendly to the blacks in the race. And I was very much, I, I, in fact, the church where I was in Indiana was in the Presbyterians. To my knowledge, was the first time that accepted black uh, people into the congregation because they had a separate uh, denomination, the Presbyterian Church. Well, I didn't go for that, so I put a couple families and brought them in as members. And by the coincidence of life, my friend, the governor, by sheer coincidence, happened to be visiting that weekend. He was the first one to come up the island and congratulate him. So that was very meaningful to me to think that just by the action of things, we integrated that church in that whole town and even the Republican Party. But the reason for my being a Republican was uh, background and so on, but uh, because the Democrats in the South was all, also uh, discriminating against the, the uh, blacks and so on. So that didn't suit me. So during that time after I finished and before I went on, uh, I really moved over to say I no longer believe, believe to a Republican Party because whoever came in was not very friendly and uh, what's his name, Kennedy, was very open more in terms of uh, non-discrimination. So that changed my mind. I think it was my, my uh, disappointment with the, with the, uh, the southern block of, of the uh, Republican Church of Republicans at that time tend to be uh, discriminatory. So with uh, Kennedy coming in, so I thought, well, that's really where I belong. And I talked to uh, Governor Rockefeller at one time. I had an occasion to be with him and so on. And uh, it was obvious that, you know, uh, that kind of uh, leadership was where I belonged as far as parties concerned. When I went, when I went to Columbus, uh, one of the reporters uh, wanted to be my manager and help me run for office there, <laughs> but I didn't do wow. that. When I went to Detroit five years later or seven years later, they had a, a sub-headline on the, on the New York Pre We were over with Governor Romney. Uh, you know, I was, thought I was going to run for office there, but I had no intent to that. I had not in the first place. I loved the, the idea of the legislature and the, the whole thing, but I didn't see myself as having a career there. It just happened. Right. Interesting. Okay. And if I understand correctly, did you say that you uh, you switched parties later on in your life because of Kennedy? Well, at that, at that point, yes. At, okay. at that point. When I left there, uh, see, I had been elected as a Republican, but when I was over in, in Ohio, by the end of four, five, six years, a lot of things had changed, both right. Uh, Kennedy and so on. I, I wasn't terribly fascinated with him, but I was very much into the race issue. Mm -hmm. I was very much against discrimination against people of color or religion or anything else. And uh, I had been well taught by my family that way. They, they did, and so that was just come natural. I didn't belong in a party that discriminated. So when things switched and the Democrats were now an open party and, and the Republicans uh, were uh, more in the right wing uh, Southern anti-Southern party, then I moved over to the, uh, as a very natural thing, I moved over to the more liberal party. Okay, interesting. And um, since you were so interested in, in helping, you know, progress civil rights, um, was that one of the key issues that you that you wanted to work on when you were in the Indiana General Assembly? I don't think there was much opportunity to do that because one thing is that the head of the, the of the um, 
uh, the head of the Senate there was led by an eminent black man, and he, they were taking care of those things, and things were working better. And also my friend, uh, the governor, was very much uh, of the, the different uh, uh, position than would be the, the, you know, the southern uh, business of anti-black right. and so on. So the whole atmosphere there was very open. And uh, in, in the legislature itself, uh, it, it was, I didn't get any of that at all about that anti-Negro uh, thing because the, the Senate was led by a, a, a black man and so on. Right. Okay. Uh, interesting. But it was, it was an interesting coincidence. Those people, that, without my urging, I just they had started out cleaning our, our clothes in the, in the basement of the hotel. They got acquainted with them, and it pretty soon came. So I said, well, if you don't have something about church, that you can come to this church. It's just down the streetways. Well, that started it. They came. Then they brought some other people. Well, as I say, the coincidence of just pure coincidence, the governor happened to be there in Minneapolis up in the port. He happened to be there on the very Sunday they were welcomed into the, the church. And I didn't know that then, but I think that was the first Presbyterian, white Presbyterian church that took in black people. Like, we didn't know that. You know, we didn't right. know that. You do have people as people. Yeah, sure. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. Wow. Interesting coincidence of things in life. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That that's fascinating. Um, so, when you first joined the Indiana General Assembly, did you have any type of goals for like legislation you wanted to work on at all? Uh, no, I, I had a fr- friendship and, and the, the uh, uh, other representative uh, from that town. It was very close, and, and, and uh, we just you know, sat in the back of the, of the legislature. We, uh, neither one of us was pushy for, you know, we got to get more of this, we got to be more. Right. We just were there to, to, to do it and do our duty. And so uh, that's why at the end of, of the term, the year, I was willing to take another church in Ohio because my my legislative life was, was a happenstance. It wasn't an ambition of life. I, I, I liked all of those things, but that was just one of the opportunities that was kind of pushed on me, and I did it. Yeah. Okay. Um, and at the time, did you have any like national political heroes or state heroes or people that you looked up to at all? Or well, as I mentioned, I, I happen to have a acquaintance, a brief acquaintance with uh, Governor Rockefeller, and uh, I like that. He he was uh, uh, much more open at that time to the whole position of uh, uh, non-discriminate. Uh, uh, public, you know, they, they were different. It was just a natural thing to do, because even as I was growing up as a, as a child, the church where my father was and in, in founded uh, was not far from the edge of where the uh, black people were close down by the Buick uh, plant, Buick uh, auto plant. Well, it didn't mean anything to him. He, you know, he, he was changed by the, uh, the father-in-law, the Scotsman. They were wide open. So he had those people come back and forth. Our church exchanged a young people's group. And then he had a certain Negro evangelist from the Bahamas would there we'd be preacher in our church. So I was brought up that whole thing uh, that was totally different from people who had those kind of uh, chips on their shoulder. You know, it just was a natural thing. We lived with them. Uh, I remember 
totally out of thing. And a big, tall Indian from the, the, the West was there, and he was about six foot seven. <laughs> there was no place to put him, so he had to be in the same bed with me. <laughs> wow. Where would he go? Nobody would take people like that, you know, yeah. or someone of deep background. So that was my whole uh, upbringing and, and learning. So. I didn't have any chips on my shoulder because Indiana seemed to be well moving in that direction at that time, at least in northern Indiana. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's that's cool. Okay. Um, so when you were running for the Indiana General Assembly, did you have any sort of like campaign, like formal campaign at all? or? Well, no, I just had friends. I remember one chap, uh, he was a member of the church shop, he, he made up a big sign and put it on top of his car, you know, stretched from one end of his car to the other, and just blazed my name around. And he, <laughs> I, I didn't have anything uh, to do. Uh, I, uh, you know, I mean, I didn't have any organized group or program. Right. Oh, I did this. I, I went, when, when I was nominated and so on, I went in the next town, the neighboring town, and went from door to door because uh, uh, I just was introducing myself. I figure they, our town, it was a little rural town about 10 miles, 15 miles away. So that's the only kind of active thing that I did that way. Uh, I just figured they deserved to have, uh, to know who was running and so on. Right, sure, okay. Um, and did you have, did you remember who your opponent was during uh, the election? Yes, uh, the, the one was, uh, you know, the, the people that do the shoes, uh, you know, uh, uh, what's the guy's name uh, that uh, have you have the favorite shoes you're supposed to uh, buy? Uh, 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 orthopedic shoes, uh, shoals. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, one, uh, the, one, one of the, that family was, was running for, for, was my opponent. Interesting. Uh, and, and, yeah, so, uh, yeah, interesting. I, I'm, I'm sure it was kind of unusual. It wasn't one of my choosing. I just, uh, I, I went simply for uh, the urging of the people who knew me. But being the minister of the church where I was in all that town, I'm sure that gave me a certain kind of a exposure that other people wouldn't have had. Right. No, definitely. Yeah. And how did it feel when you were first elected? Well, I was, I, I was, uh, I, I was encouraged because the people were so encouraged that worked with me and I was that I don't know how it worked. Michigan City and, and the Ligonier, Indiana, were the were the you know the centers of it, and, and uh, over toward Chicago. But uh, I, I I didn't. I uh, it was it was interesting, and I don't. Uh, so my, the other fellow elected. He, he and I both took our seats in the back of the legislature, the very back. <laughs> he was about six foot six. <laughs> you know, oh my gosh! So I guess, but we, we we weren't very pushy that way in terms of trying to get on this committee or that committee. Right. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> so moving to your time in the General Assembly, what were you thinking as you first walked into the State House for your first day as an elected official? Well, uh, it was interesting to, to me, uh, uh, and I began acquainted with him. Uh, Birch Bayh was uh, there, uh, and he was, of course, the Democratic side, but it, they used to a fool with me after a couple of weeks, and they they grabbed me going by the, the caucuses, and they'd pull me into the, the Democratic caucus. they say, here, you belong here, you belong here. <laughs> <laughs> well, it wasn't that I didn't belong in the Republicans, except that they, they realized. 
and uh, his wife, for instance, had me come when she was trying to get the, the state to uh, eliminate capital punishment. And so it worked like that. But it was an interesting thing, a very, very uh, good relationship with, with Democrats and Republicans there. I, I think I was somewhat amused because I didn't have a big agenda. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it, so it sounds like that uh, you were not quite as political as, as perhaps some of the other legislators might have been who were, uh, yeah. yeah. It was making their life of it, and I think whatever saying thing, these people uh, realized that other both parties realized I was not there in a lark, but I was I was there not as as a politician, but I was going to be a minister. Yeah, sure, okay. And what were your expectations for the legislative process? Well, I think they they did pretty well. I, they they gave me some some special. Um, honors and sense because I was uh, asking for some additional money for uh, the mental health situation up in, in the northern Indiana, things like that. Uh, also, I was a little against, uh, uh, as I may have mentioned, uh, uh, using, um, uh, for instance, the various churches, both Protestant and Catholic, sometimes would develop uh, big pieces of the territory. And the church didn't need that much, but they uh, would use that, and then eventually develop it. Now the parking lot would turn to be a housing thing, so and so. Well, uh, I was against that. I, I say, you know, you can't mix up religion with kind of uh, uh, getting ahead in, in the uh, finances. So uh, I, I really was interested in, in not a very heavy way, but a steady way of saying it's it's not right. We can't have this uh, this territory all excused from taxation and later turned into a profit thing. Those are little things, but, uh, you know, I didn't want to get with any big things. I figured that was my line. I, I didn't want the churches to take advantage of their positions as uh, tax-exempt. Right. Okay, sure. Yeah, that's that's really interesting, yeah. Especially given your background with, uh, you know, being a minister and all. So, wow, okay. Um, let's see, how did you learn the ins and outs of state politics? You mean there at, when I was there in Indianapolis? Uh, yes. Yeah. How did you learn about the about well, the process? I just think uh, all across the lines. I say Birch Bay was a very friendly and uh, telling what they were doing and not trying to influence anyway. Just realized we were all working together, and uh, that's he would they would two or three of them would half drag me into their caucus just for fun, you know, which is a way of saying it was. It was less doctrinaire on either party uh, at that point. I don't know why it was, but it certainly was for me. And I, I think there was more of a friendship than a fierce competition. Okay, interesting. And did you have any uh, political mentors in the Indiana General Assembly, would you say? Any, any political try to come up and, and talk to me, influence me? I, I don't think so. I think uh, we, we just kind of... Uh, uh, we're wide open. Uh, I, I, in fact, it's hard for me to remember at this stage, you know, some of the most pressing issues between the parties. I don't think they were very fierce. Uh, uh, the, the, for instance, the governor was, was a, a Republican, and yet when he ran for uh, the Senate, the poor guy, uh, he was very well liked in, in, in many ways, but it was a different turn. The Democrats took at that time, and uh, Birch Bayh came. 
in, uh, in, in he was very wide open. Uh, well, that's about as much. You know, it's a very short session, and right. uh, I still had to uh, do my preaching on weekends. I just dash off after the thing was over and, and go up and take my sermon and get back on on Monday morning. Sure. Okay. Um, how how did you know the needs and wants of your constituents? Well, by first of all, it was a, a large congregation they there, and then the people who were not uh, congregation uh, who uh, would uh, ask me after I, I got elected, or even before I did. Uh, one of the uh, uh, fellows there, uh, uh, a prominent man in in, in the Jewish community, uh, and he actually had offices, judge, and so on. Anyway, uh, he was. Uh, very uh, straightforward and open and wondered what my attitudes were and it only took a few moments to realize you know that uh, this was this was right down his line too uh, particularly on finance and other things he wanted to know if I had you know some uh, sophomore uh, uh, enthusiasm was going to change this or that no it wasn't that I wasn't I was not trying to be somebody I was just trying to with it, and, and that made it very helpful for me, both with the Democratic Party and the Republican Party. I didn't have, I didn't have any real combat. Right. Okay. Um, do you remember what the first bill you sponsored was? Oh my, oh my! I've got those books out of uh, Wyoming. Uh, I, I, I don't. Remember, I don't, don't remember. I, I, I may have sponsored one that I refer to uh, in terms of making sure that the religious communities do not take advantage of the tax things. Right. Okay. Uh, but I don't know if that was a, that wasn't a fighting matter. It was just a matter of observing. I, I don't remember. Uh, one thing that uh, was not a part of in the legislature there was Birch by his wife, who was very much against uh, capital punishment. Then she dragged me in there, and she had hold rallies uh, in this evenings and so on. Well, uh, yeah, I, I couldn't be wildly, oh, we got to get this thing done. But on the other hand, I couldn't be indifferent to the fact that there's a problem there. Right. But I didn't feel like sponsoring any, any um, legislation that. I didn't think it was possible to win at that point. I didn't even consider it. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Um, and so how would you say the regular interaction between the other members of the General Assembly was like? Uh, I, I think uh, pretty good. Uh, as I say, you know, they'd they, they bring me into their uh, rally and have a, have a, a drink with them or something. It wasn't, it, it was not anything uptight about the thing. Uh, sure. It may be that just, the, the real, I myself wasn't a, a doctrinaire a politician, and maybe that made it much easier for me that I wasn't aiming for anything. I mean, I, nobody said anything, but they, I think they just took for granted this wasn't a lot. This wasn't I was down there to play games. On the other hand, this wasn't a vocation. Right, yeah, that makes sense, okay. Um, did you see any differences between the House and the Senate, or...? Well, there, there were differences. Uh, the, the, the Senate was led, I think, by the, the rather tall, impressive uh, a, a black man, and uh, so. But it wasn't a fierce difference. But uh, that was, I think, most of the leaders, the, the, the 
Democrat Party and the leaders of the Republican Party had to work those things on those levels that didn't really directly affect us at that point. They had things to work out, there's no sure, but we didn't see any big combat coming down the line. Right, okay, sure. Um, what was the process like for generating a bill? For doing what, you say? Uh, for creating a bill. Well, uh, I, I, I just uh, t- talked, I can't even remember the, the bills that I would sign on to, but uh, I, I remember talking to the, the chairs of these, uh, we kept a rather without, uh, unconscious, friendly relationship, so it, it wasn't, you know, they, whatever, uh, what little that I had to offer in the way of bills, uh, they just simply uh, put it in, in the legislative group there that handles those, and they wrote it up, and, and uh, no, there's no problem with that. Oh, Okay. And did you ever have to work uh, hard to get support for any bills, or were they pretty pretty straightforward? Uh, pretty straightforward. I, I never got uh, uh, you know arm twisted or anything else. I think uh, uh, there were some differences strong uh, between the uh, Senate and, and the and the House, but they weren't they weren't uh, that fierce. Uh, I don't think there were issues that that, that were difficult at that time there. They're sort of housekeeping bills, most of them. Right. Okay, sure. Um, and when people were voting on bills, did you have any sense of how people would vote before they voted? Uh, I don't think it was interesting. Uh, the other one was the county where I was. We, we, we chose to sit in the back of the assembly. Part of that was not only a modesty, but we real, they realized... Uh, we realized that we weren't the professionals who really knew what they were doing there before they heard the case. In other words, I didn't come in with the agenda, neither did uh, my, my roommate there come in with the agenda. And, and we sat and listen, listened, and we weren't we were trying to be obviously out of it, but, but we didn't want to be pushy with the thing. Right. So, uh, uh, we just listened carefully and, and, and worked carefully. I'm I surprised how much. I don't remember any big issue we fought over. Oh, okay. Wow. Um, uh, what role did uh, party leadership play during your time there? Well, with our with our our rallies, uh, you know, our uh, uh, Republican rallies, why we would, uh, and then mostly in committee meetings. Mostly, most of it. We didn't have any big rallies. Oh, come here, we're going to get this all thing together now. But the committees handled that pretty much. Right. And so if, if I had a question or thing, I'd just drop in the committee or or, uh, or go someplace else. That's the way it was. I don't I remember that as being an issue particularly. It was always welcome. Okay, sure. And you already mentioned before that the relationship between Democrats and Republicans was pretty good. Um, so I guess everyone was pretty comfortable working together on, on various bills and stuff. Yeah, that would be about the size of it, yeah. Okay. I didn't have any head-to-nose-to-nose, uh, fist-to-fist things. It wasn't that kind of a legislature, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. There was, was a lot more compatibility than I would have expected, uh, except that I didn't know enough not to expect it. It worked, worked very well. I don't remember any head-to-head conflicts. Okay, great, yeah. Um, let's see, a, a different type of question now. Uh what would you say the public doesn't know about how the Indiana General Assembly works or, you know, state assemblies in, in general? Uh, from my standpoint, I, I, I thought uh, 
I wasn't surprised, but I, I, I was very often uh, uh, accosted by, not accosted is the word, uh, uh, contacted by people in my county, in my two counties, uh, uh, to say about it, especially if something had to do with the farm business, especially the farm people did that. Mm-hmm. They, were, they were very important to know how certain were, and I was not as well acquainted with, so they were more informing me than anything else, so I'd get up to date on, on what the issues were as far as the farm thing. That wasn't a major thing, but it was a regular thing. People constantly did check in and send me a letter to call or come down there. And some of my members of our own church, they, they, of course, stepped aside completely from the church business. So they were dealing simply with politics. But I found it was a, 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 a very pleasant thing. I didn't find it very combative for some reason. I don't know why. I was not trying to uh, like play the lamb, don't go, or don't tread on me kind of thing. Right. Uh, uh, it it just seemed to work out. Why it was much more across, as I say. You know, they half the time they say you belong over here, and you know when I when I go by the <laughs> caucus or something. Yeah. And, uh, so you know that's a, that's the kind of the way it was. And right. Of course, some of us like uh, every every time that a session was over, we'd we'd go re- retire some of them to their own homes. I went to the uh, motel where I uh, stayed and so on. Okay. Sure. Um, and did your legislative service have an impact at all on your family life? Or Well, I, I brought two of my children down uh, after we had a, a, a post-session, you know, uh, to have them see, see what the legislature was like and so on, and they were, they were interested. But that's, I didn't involve them, uh, in, in, and I didn't have many people asking for special privilege attention from, from my uh uh, county or so on, uh, the, the church people didn't do anything. They knew better than that. Uh, you know, they knew me and they knew that. That was not the, We were not on church business. We were, and uh, we weren't tooting it, but it, it wasn't unholy business. It just wasn't holy business. You know? Right, right. Um, uh, yeah, so the, the kids got, got their exposure. My first, uh, the oldest girl and the oldest boy, they, they got that and so on. Sure. But uh, I don't think they ever had any interest in going into politics. It was just baffling to them, I think, you know, as it is most youngsters. Yeah. <laughs> um, what would you say was the most controversial legislative issue during uh, your service in the General Assembly? in those terms now. Sure, sure. Uh, I've, I've, I'm sorry, I, I probably am too far gone. You know, being 95 doesn't leave you with an awful lot to draw it from. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. It's hard. I've, I've got the books out of my library at the ranch where I am out in Wyoming, but and I do review them once in a while, but I, I really afraid that I have uh, dropped out of it in terms of what we were working on. I was just too far removed. And uh, as, as my boys would say, you, you probably aren't qualified to talk about anything anyway, you old man. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, they had great fun of it and so on. But uh, no, I, I, my children are all very conscious of, of uh, the political systems and, and so on. None of them tried to run, but they always uh, were aware that we were on, on the edge of that. And, and it wasn't just some sort of a, a foreign game. We were all part of it. Uh, right. Yeah. Okay. Well, 
I probably have, have taken your time more than I deserve, but I wish I were fresher, but uh, I'm just so long out of the state and out of the, the, the two states, and now the third one, not only Indiana, but uh, Ohio, and then Michigan, and now mm-hmm. that, uh, 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 here I am in, 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 the, in the Midwest, and actually I, I'm out, supposed to be out, out at the ranch in Wyoming. I would now, except for my wife's illness. I had right. here and get a decent thing, but uh, Minnesota is a wonderful state. But uh, it's just one of the I liked. Uh, but uh, I'm I'm out in Wyoming as far as supposed to be a resident because, but see, I'm here because of her. Right. I uh, have to have a decent thing, and, and this virus thing is. Uh, <laughs> we're lucky. We got in one of those homes where they have no problem with virus. They were way ahead of it, and and one of the biggest things here in. in uh, Minnesota is the home for the elderly has been one of the chief sources of uh, uh, myrovirus, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's funny. So I would give you more and would be more interesting of it if I'd kept uh, close to it. But, oh, well, that that's okay. I mean, uh, it's, you know, this is actually not the first interview I'm doing with someone from actually the same year you served in. So um, I understand that that uh, it can be yeah. hard to remember some have, things. I should have more things that would say, oh, this is contentious, or we worried about that, or we fought about it. And it wasn't just like a kindergarten where we were playing with toys. It was serious, and right. and yeah, but it's a long time ago now. Yeah, well, and, uh, th- yeah, that's that's okay. Um, if if you're still free, though, I do have uh, a few more questions I would like to ask. Um, okay, all right. Um, let's see. Uh, what? What piece of legislation do you remember, if at all, uh, sort of took the most time to work on? Oh, boy. I am too far gone in terms of members. I I am not much helped. I should be better if I stayed in the end and kept out things. But moving from state to state to state has made me drop aside with those things, you know. Right. I don't really have a good answer to that. I, I should be more, more meaningful, but as I say, at my age, uh, and I didn't keep it up as I, as I moved from Indiana to Ohio to Michigan to Minnesota. Those things get dropped by the wayside. Mm-hmm. Sure. No, that's... Yeah, I'm sorry about that. No, that's that's totally fine. It's This, this happens, uh, you know, off and on because we interview so many people, so that's it's totally normal. It's okay. <laughs> I would have had much, much sharper things, uh, you know, 10 years ago or something, but, right. uh, you know, as I say, I don't, I don't want to rest on but at 95, there's a lot of drops on the wayside. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, I understand. Um, did you... Uh, I just, especially, I've got uh, three years or so, a real problem with my wife, and has occupied almost all my time and energy to keep things going, and and uh, so on. So, uh, <laughs> I should be more helpful for you. <laughs> I was not unintelligent. I was not uh, stupid, uh, but I, I was I was not anxious, and, and I was not uh, uh, brilliantly seeking attention. I didn't need attention. I got attention in the pulpit every Sunday. I didn't need any more. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> sure. So, also in the community, Laporte was a small community, and uh, I was quite well known there. I remember uh, one of the, the, the Jewish uh, participants who was himself a lawyer and, and was very much interested in all these things, he, he gave me a real run-through uh, when I was uh, elect, even before election and afterwards, 
to kind of test me out and see where I was on those things. Well, specifically, I don't remember what his particular interests were, but uh, they were uh, decent, and it, it was good. Of him. He was very supportive, and he just was interested. You know, what kind of a what kind of a character we got going here in this legislature? What's he doing there? Right. So uh, that was uh, yeah. The Jewish community was was very uh, understanding, and they understood who I was. That's what they did. I didn't have particular bills that had anything to do with them, but they wanted, and I think, uh, you know, they asked me questions in detail, and I'd have meet with them, but when they saw that, well, you know, this this, this isn't an agenda. I would think if I saw a minister coming in there, I'd have to look carefully to see what his agenda was. Sure. It would bother me, you know, why he would be there. And uh, my my object was to, to be not a minister, but to be a citizen, and that's just about the heart of it. Sure, okay. Yeah, that's that's fair. Um, uh, did you were there any moments in the legislature uh, that that made you proud at all? Or well, uh, I I think we're we're proud and and and, and, cheered, uh, and, and cheered our our leadership uh, in the House, which at that time was Republican. Uh, but I thought I think we uh, I felt they handled things fair. And uh, and then as most of us uh, again worked a little bit more with Birch by he was coming along. We didn't realize that time what he was going to be uh, prominent in that state. But I think there was a good relationship there. I never had any you know callouts, and so uh, I should offer more. But uh, maybe I was left out of some of the conflicts. Uh, I don't know. I had to go every weekend to do my preaching, and so on. Right. So, uh, my, my church. But I don't remember much of that. Uh, I didn't see any enmity between them. We we, we talked together, and, and I guess it's not just a nice big skeeter garden where everybody's playing with a block. <laughs> On the other hand, I don't have much specific things to to mention to you. No, that's okay. I actually, I, so I have a couple other questions here. Um, I was able to dig up some some information about you from the old newspapers at the time, and uh, that. Mm-hmm. That might give a little bit more insight. Uh, that might yes, help you yes, remember. That would be probably be better. Um, yeah. uh, yeah. Let's see. Well, I got somebody calling like mad, but that's all right. Go ahead. <laughs> um, uh, before I, I go into that question, though, I have uh, see one more. What What, in your opinion, is the most important work of the Indiana General Assembly? Uh, what's What's the most important work that they did? Yeah. Yeah, what's their purpose, uh-huh. for example? Uh, uh, oh, boy. I'd have to get my books out and read them again, you know. It's been so uh, long. No, no problem. I mean, it's, it's uh, you know, mo- mostly it's a, it's a pretty open-ended question in terms of what we're looking for is just like, you know, uh, yeah. w- like, what's the... Why should people care about the Indiana General Assembly? Like, what does it do, you know? Yeah. If I were closer to my library as it is, I could quickly give you a more intelligent answer to this. But I, I'm not within reach of it. The books are on the shelf out there in Wyoming. Uh, and I, I'm sorry, it's not much help. I, I, I'm, uh, I'm not being as, uh, what do you say, as sharp as I used to be and as I would be. But I just am not giving a fair shot to you, not because I'm uh, holding anything back. It's just it's been so long time. Oh. And uh, I, I think you have to excuse me for saying, well, there have been a lot of other states since then, a lot of other people, yeah. a lot of places. It's just hard. No. And, and uh, 
I guess I have on my hand right now a question of, okay, what to do with my wife and family. So sure. that's a problem. Well, uh, I have I have a, a good thing or a bad thing of being of of a family of seven, and you know, uh, only one other a sister and I and none of the brothers. I'm the only one left. <laughs> right. I don't laugh at that so but it makes it gives an excuse for why I'm I'm a little bit behind and not very sharp on things because after all, I'm not even supposed to be here. Yeah, well, I I, I totally understand, and don't worry, no need to apologize at all. I mean. I'm just glad that you're, you know, willing to do this because uh, I know when you look back, it's it's so it's such a you know a long time ago in your life, but yeah. um, it's something that you know really is interesting for uh, historians and people that are interested in the history uh-huh. of the General Assembly. Even if you just remember like little things, those things can help add up to a story, um, yeah. and it's useful. So I know it might seem like like uh, you know sometimes throughout this conversation it's it's hard to remember something and you can't really contribute much but uh you've already actually contributed a fair amount believe it or not so <laughs> yeah well i hope it's been some some use to you i know you've got a hard job there that's a hard hard job you're doing and uh, it's very very perceptive in what you're asking i just wish that i were a little sharper and a little younger and, and to have more memory uh but um uh, too many waters go over the dam and and uh, so and I think I, I, I think I better try to call it off because I know they're they're calling to see from uh, the, the uh, not the hospital but uh, healthcare what's going on now today and and so on. I have to you know, watch over her. So I think uh, unless you unless you got something pressing, I think I better cut off now because I hear them bringing the phone every once in a while. Yeah, that's that's totally fine. Well, um, I just like to say thank you so much for doing this, and um, you know. Uh, I, I do have other questions that I'd be happy to ask you again in the future if you wanted to talk again. Um, but yes, I'd be willing to do that. Yeah, why don't you get some of the questions that would uh, more pertinent to what you want, and I, I'll be, be here and, and usually am, am uh, callable. Uh, that would that would be good. Okay. Uh, I wish I could say I could go refer the books, but I, I can't get out to Wyoming now with my wife is so ill. So, um, but I'll I'll be glad. I, I, I congratulate you on the earnestness with which you're doing that. It's really rather remarkable that you'd come up with such a program. I'll have to have to write a book somewhere when it get through, huh? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, we're uh, yeah, we would appreciate the support for you know uh, you know helping the project and taking part in it. And I'll be happy to send you like a copy of the interview or something at some point. Um, we're gonna have a website and everything else for it. So uh-huh. um, okay. Um, uh, I, I, I have, do I have your, your phone number here? Uh, um, I, I, yes, I've got it here. Yeah. If I, I have an occasion, I could ask my, my, my son to maybe look over the thing. If I have anything special that comes across me in the, in the next week or so, I'll keep this number and maybe give you a call back. Huh? Sure. Okay. And um, within the next uh, week or so also, if you're willing, I'd be happy to give you another call and just ask uh, the last few questions that I might have and... That'd be fine. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I just I just appreciate the work you're trying to do. Okay. All right. All right. I'll look forward to that then. And I'll, I'll leave the phone a number here so that uh, uh, I've got it open. And uh, I'll, I'll wait until I get a call if it comes up. Huh? All right. Sounds great. I look forward to talking All to right. you in the future. Thank you very much for your patience. All right. Thank Bye-bye. you. Bye-bye.
So, uh, just before we start, I'll just state for the record again that today is June 5th, 2020, and I'm on the phone with Calvin Didier, who is in Minnesota, I believe, and I am in, in Indianapolis, Indiana. So, coming back to where we left off last time, um, I, I did have some questions over uh, some things that you seem to be involved with during the, your time in the Indiana General Assembly uh, that I read in, in some old newspapers and stuff in the archives. Um, let's see, for example, it appeared that, and maybe we went over this a little bit last time, but that you were not a resident of Indiana at the time you were serving in the Indiana General Assembly. Is that correct? I wasn't. I wasn't a what? I wasn't a graduate. A, a resident. A resident. A resident. Oh yes, I was a resident. Full resident. Okay. Both before and after. Okay. Is in the newspaper? It appeared that there was some uh, talk about how you were living in, like, uh, Ohio or something at the time. Well, that, that was the, that was a year after the legislature okay. was served. At the end of another year, then, as typical in the ministry, I was invited to Ohio, but that was a whole year afterwards. Right. Got it. Okay. Um, let's see. Now, during your time, and I, again, you might have talked about this as well earlier a little bit, but it, it appeared that the death penalty was something that was being talked about a fair amount. Uh, did you have any particularly strong opinions about the death penalty um, as a minister or or just as no, a member of the I, I didn't. Uh, that was the leading of uh, Birchby's wife uh, uh, was not serving in, in the service, but Birchby was the head of the, the, his, his party, the Democratic Party. Anyway, um, uh, she was very strong and, and had a uh, after-hours gathering of people who... Uh, you know, are interested. It was not my opinion; it's not expressed, and neither for nor against. I was obviously, but I wasn't involved in that. Right. Okay. Yeah. She, she conducted us, uh, hearings in the house after at night after hours for people who were interested, and uh, I, I listened, and attended, but did not uh, attend it because I, that was just too much for me to, to deal with. Sure. No, that makes sense. Okay. Um. <clears throat> This is more of an open-ended question, but what was it like serving during the civil rights era? Were there any particular uh, tensions at all in the General Assembly, or during during which event do you say? Uh, the civil rights era, just well, civil rights. Uh, well, the, the the Senate was uh, um, the head of the, the Senate at that time was, was a, a black man, and so on. That wasn't really much of a big problem. I think um, I think what the problem was the, the tendency that at that moment about to change soon that the Democratic Party was uh, uh, kind of heavily uh, regulated by the Southern states, which were definitely uh, difficult in terms of uh, religion, uh, Negro and Black. Uh, Freedom and so on. Right. So the, 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 the attitude about changed shortly after uh, Kennedy was elected. Uh, the Republicans were um, more open to uh, mixed uh, racial things, and the Democrats, uh, led by the Southern states at that point, were 
pretty much uh, difficult for uh, registration of uh, blacks uh, voting and so on. So yeah. That was just a common thing. And then that changed pretty quickly after uh, the Kennedy election, which was at the end of I wasn't going to be in office anymore, so it didn't come one way or the other. Sure, okay. Um, and I guess during your time, the Civil Rights Commission was created in Indiana. Do you remember anything about that? No, I don't remember particularly, no. Okay. I would have been uh, interested on the side of that, but I, I can't remember specifically if there are any occasions for it. Or had, uh, I, I don't know. I don't remember any movement, in other words. I was just obvious in my position that I would be on that because... To, to my knowledge, while I was a pastor of that church, this would be during the time or after that election, um, I, I received some black members from Michigan City uh, into the uh, House of Hope Presbyterian Church in, in, the, uh, in the port. Right. And uh, to my knowledge, uh, those are the first uh, black people in that branch of the Presbyterian Church in the state. And as I said, I think earlier, by a sure coincidence, uh, Governor Hanley was there in service that day to welcome these new uh, black members. And that, we didn't make a big issue of it. That was just a private issue. That had nothing to do with the election of it. And of course, this was after I was uh, going to leave office and move to another state anyway. Right. Okay. Sure. That makes sense. Um, uh, now, a few different questions. Uh, so, overall, I guess, when you look back at your year that you spent in the General Assembly in Indiana, um, you know, what do you think about your time that you were able to serve in the state General Assembly? How do you reflect back on that? Uh, what was the second question? Did I, did, did I reflect back, you say? Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Uh, you see, the, the, the Assembly, under my term, it was so many days, and then I think to the end of May, and that was the end and didn't meet again for another year. Well, by the time the other year had come, I was already had moved to another state. So right. It didn't affect us one way or another on that. They, there was no uh, general uh, meeting of the, of the parties uh, between elections. Sure, okay. Um, do you have, so what would you say, how would you summarize your time as a legislator? Like, uh, did you enjoy your time there or? Yes, it was it was uh, very interesting and, and made some some good personal friendships on both sides. And as I t mentioned to you earlier, uh, my relationship with uh, the sides was not so um, not so much at parties because they used to t teasing me uh, and the, and the uh, other party tried to drag me into their conventions because uh. <laughs> uh, that was just just the fun of it, you know. Uh, right. Because they recognized that that, that I was, you know. In between parties, as far as the added race and various other things, and so yeah, fun of it. So yeah, okay. Relationships all along. It, it must have been pretty interesting being someone that could kind of blend in, I guess, with different parties at the same time. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, it was a good relationship. Could never had any quarrel on that basis. Never an issue. I didn't. I didn't somehow. There weren't any issues that came up, or I certainly wasn't a part of any. And so that was a kind of a. The, the, you know, good friends' idea that they used to kind of kid me as it went along. They they they, they knew in a sense that, that where my position was in regard to race and other kinds of that thing. So, sure. Um, that was the fun of it, I guess. Made made a good relationship on both sides. Yeah. Okay. That's great. Uh, do you have a favorite story or 
or something from your time as a legislator? that you learned? Any lessons? Hmm. Oh, let's see. Uh, what did I say? Uh, uh, I don't particularly, I know uh, people uh, different, I remember uh, one, um, I remember who, who was the court, one of the court system in Indiana who was a, was a Jewish member of the, of the Jewish church. He, when I was running for office, he, he interviewed me um, to, to know what my attitudes were, and then, and then he was quite satisfactory, because he was on the, he was a Republican also, I think, at that time, at his point, but that's beside the point who he was, but, but I remember he did interview me when I was running, and, right. uh, and then, you know, to, in a sense, whether it matched the situation, though, he, he gave uh, individual personal support. Also, my, my various members of the congregation uh, helped in, in uh, taking signs on their cars and other campaign materials in a, in a modest way to in that. So there was generally good, a good understanding that this was, I don't know, this is not a racial thing, not a, a critical thing, it represented the party, and, and I was a part of it. At that time, the, the Republicans were much more in favor of uh, openness as far as the racial business is concerned. Sure, okay. Yeah, that, that makes sense. I mean, they, 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 the, the southern part of the, of the Democratic Party was definitely anti-black in that time. Right, yeah, yes, of course. Um, do you have any regrets as a legislator? I can't think of any. It was a, it was a good time, uh, and uh, there was a... You know, there, there was... There are no issues that, that were uh, outstanding. I didn't have any any conflict with the agenda at that time. Uh, I had my own input, as I said, in regard to some aspects of taxation, but that was a little complicated in terms of uh, I didn't want... I didn't. I guess I mentioned earlier. This is probably too too complex. I didn't I didn't want churches, for instance, to on, on the business of uh, having big properties, which are supposedly under tax free thing, and then turning them around eventually and making housing areas of that. But that's too complex to explain. Right. It's a matter of of uh, you know. I didn't want. I didn't want advantage taken of that, and that would be. Uh, really a material never came up as an issue at all this was a personal thing I don't think that's enough to, to describe because it it was would be only just a subtle understanding that we are not to exploit the thing in terms of taxation sure okay um, what advice would you give to future state legislators in Indiana based on your experiences 
Well, I didn't have anything to say about the ministerial end of it, either recommend or not recommend it. I just ignored the fact that I was a minister. I was just another citizen. Right. And, uh, I had been urged by locals to do that, and they were so. And there wasn't any, any big issue either. It's just a matter of I don't know. The, I guess to turn around, I don't know what it was. I never had been part of the uh, business before that, just members' ears. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know what to say on in regard to your question. Um, uh, it was a good experience. Uh, uh, it's another thing, this is probably not mentionable there. When I went to Ohio uh, and, and was installed there, as, as our system is, I went to another church there. Uh, then uh, of course, I had I had no further connection with uh, Indiana at that point. Right. But they then wanted me to immediately to be uh, some people wanted me to be a chaplain of the uh, of the house in in, in in Ohio. Oh, okay. Well, uh, that seemed all right at first, you know, because they seemed to have that. And as time went on, this is uh, you know a year or two after I was out of uh, Indiana. So, then uh, one of the members who was Julie said, well, you know, when you have your prayers in the open the session uh, in the name of Christ our Lord and so on, and said, you know, for the rest mm -hmm. of us who are not in that domination, suddenly it just opened my whole eyes about the whole thing. So I, I quit being chaplain, and from then on, shortly after that, in totally different situation, I was part of an organization for um, America's United for the Separation of Church and State. Yeah, this was more my basic position, and I didn't realize it so much until I got to Ohio. And they asked me to be a chaplain. I thought, oh, this is out of order. You know, mm -hmm. each one saying so and so and so and through Jesus Christ our Lord. And so, one of the members called to my attention. Well, from that point on, I shifted my whole my whole attitude of life. We never had that happen in Indiana. Yeah. And, uh, suddenly, it occurred to me when they asked me to be a chaplain. I just this. There's something wrong about this. I don't like this. So that, that's interesting. After that, as they say, I became a member and eventually an officer of the Americans United for Separation of Church and State. But that has nothing to do much with Indiana directly. I, I don't mean to interject. No, but that that is an interesting detail, though, and it Excuse kind me? of shows a little bit about, I guess, your Wait, your just mentality. I, I can't quite hear that. Can't say that again closer. Yeah, I was just going to say that uh, that that I know it doesn't necessarily have to do with your time in Indiana, but I think that's an interesting detail that kind of reflects on your mentality about things and how you, you know, kind of analyze yeah, situations. Really, really, that, that reflected my whole attitude. I, I maybe wasn't totally aware of that coming along, but it had nothing to do with Indiana. But after, afterwards, in Ohio, when they asked me that, that, the whole thing came up and I changed the whole relationship. Yeah. Was it, is it, Common for ministers I, to be involved in such organizations? Excuse me, what was that again? What did you ask? Uh, how how common was it for a, a minister to be involved in an organization that's uh, in support of the separation of church and state? Well, that that became a very large part. Uh, interesting enough, even even the, the, a big section of the Southern Baptist Church, which you think the other, their leaders for for a few years. Were, were the principals in, the, in that organization. That's interesting. And, um, uh, yeah, so, uh, you see, uh, underneath there, there was a, with certain churches, uh, certain denominations, would not be in favor of 
religious organizations as religious organizations be connected with our legislature, our laws. And so mm-hmm. that's so they organized that nationally. And the interesting thing was the, the largest support of it in those years was the people, the Southern Baptists in Texas. Wow. Okay. Uh, and they, they, they helped form that and were the leaders of it. And, and uh, somehow uh, attention got to me when I was in Ohio. I said, wait a minute, this is, this is, this is where, where I would stand on that. So I, I began, eventually became, a few years later, I became the president of that organization. Wow, okay, that's, that's fascinating. That, that, that is really interesting. Um, I think most people were just hearing, you know, that idea, they would think that churches would, you know, perhaps stay out of that or something. So that's, that's, that's really great that... that uh, you know, no, 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 very. And I was a member there, and then eventually became the national head of it for some years later, for several years. Wow! And it was very important to me to to emphasize. It wasn't directly related with my experience in Indiana because yeah. I was no way representing any kind of church thing. I just wasn't even even giving prayers to the legislature. But when they asked me in Ohio. It set me wondering what 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 what's going here? There's too much church in this business. Yeah. Yeah. Too much religion, in it. and so that I graduated. I don't think that the situation in Indiana helped me, except to the extent that I was so obviously unattached with any religious organization as far as the Indiana legislature is concerned. Yeah. Sure. It, it had nothing to do with my religious denomination as such. Right. Okay. Um, let's see, when was the last time you were in Indiana? You, you mean, did you mean to live there or just to, to visit? Just to visit. Oh, well, well uh, to visit, let's see. I had some friends there oh, and, and, and relatives there in Indiana. That would be back oh, In quite a quite a few years now, because of the size of my family and so on, up sure. in Minnesota. Other um, other than going through Indiana on the way to some place, I don't think I think I haven't been there uh, for maybe you know thirty years. Yeah, I just had that occasion except to go through. Sure. Yeah, I, I just wondering because uh, to, to see since you were there. Obviously, in the '60s, if uh, your perception of Indiana in terms of you know has had the state changed much uh, since you lived there and served in the legislature, but um, I, I think uh, I think there was a, a difference that I wasn't involved in, but I was obvious of Indiana at the time I was there and elected was a Republican, and, and I was a Republican governor, so on. And that shifted right shortly after that. Okay. Uh, nothing to do with me of that. It, 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 it shifted parties, and it, it, Kennedy was a part of that, and whoever else did. And then the whole Southern thing changed about. So, um, uh, you know, there was a really shift. Indiana, which had been strongly Republican, uh, became for a while a Democrat. I don't know how serious that was. I was gone there, but certainly it changed some attitudes when when that shift came, and, and a lot of part of it was the business of, of the, the racial thing. Right. 
and, uh, and, and Indiana wasn't always uh, perfectly clear on that. In southern Indiana, was you know some pretty strong racial attitudes. Yeah, I did too. So, uh, well, but it didn't affect much. I didn't have much occasion to visit Indiana after that because uh, I was up in, in, uh, in Ohio, and then I went up, up to Michigan and Detroit, and then from there came over here to uh, Minnesota. Sure. Okay. So I didn't have much occasion to follow through on those things, being busy from shifting from one church to the other, which is typical of either church member denomination, how it shifts. A congregation calls you and you go. Right. You know, if you're interested in that. So I went then from there to Ohio, then Ohio to Michigan, and Michigan to Minnesota. And then from Minnesota to Wyoming. Yeah, okay. Um, so when you were living in Indiana... Uh, What's that again? I didn't hear. Uh, when you were living in Indiana, what was your, uh, what were your thoughts about uh, what Hoosers were like as people? What who was like as people? Uh, Hoosers. 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 Yeah. Well, I, I was very, I was very impressed with uh, with uh, uh, the Hoosers. I, I had good relationships uh, in, in that state. Uh, I. Uh, for instance, uh, I was elected as a Republican, but obviously the, the Democrats under Birch Bayh, the rest of them were very appealing to me as far as their attitudes, their openness, and so on. I thought that was very good. And, and um, so uh, then the governor of state had been Republican senators, and, and he was a governor uh, in a Republican party also. But then when he ran, shortly after that, uh, a couple of years, to run for Senate, um, he lost, and it turned around, and, and uh, the Democrats won that. I said, again, a part of that whole revolution that came with the change from, you know, Southern attitudes and also people like Kennedy, I think it moved over. In Indiana, also moved over uh, in some ways. Right. The well, typical South Bend, our recent uh, fellow mayor of South Bend running for a president for a while is trying to get nominated. Right, true. It shook the whole thing up quite a bit. Yeah, okay. Um, so I, I really only have uh, one more question here for you. So you've been okay. doing a, a pretty good job of, uh, of getting through these. Um, let's see. You know, since you were a former legislator, and obviously, you know, the General Assembly is... And, who, and who's elected to serve in the General Assembly is based on what the public wants. Uh, so what do you want Hoosers to know about their role in relation to the function of the General Assembly? Uh, excuse me, uh, who to role? Who, who did you say? Uh, uh, so, like, Hoosers' role. So the general public Hoosier. in Indiana. Like, what do you want them to understand about their role uh, in relation to the General Assembly? I would say to uh, avoid the uh, the extremes of uh, political vision and realize that uh, we mostly uh, come together in the center of these issues and, and have very similar uh, attitudes, and that's the main thing that I noticed by being there. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't a denominational thing in terms of parties. It was the way people were thinking. I was very impressed with them for the most part. Um, there tend to be, I just say privately, a little difference between the southern part of the state next to the southern borders and the northern part. But uh, um, 
I was impressed with their uh, understanding and willingness on both sides of the parties to try to have what's fair and right and and and, and uh, defensible uh, mm-hmm. in regards to the, the legislature. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, do you think that politics has changed uh, from when you served in the General Assembly? Well, I, I think politics in general has. I, I can't sp- speak specifically about following through Indiana right. over the time, but I, I think that there was a there was a, a, a kind of a camaraderie and fairness at that time, and so it was easy for me to to even be closely related to both parties because sure. I was. Um, there wasn't that much enmity as a matter of holding positions, of course. And uh, some people had suggested that I, I would stay and, and uh, ride, uh, uh, go for another, like Secretary of State, maybe move on up. And, and I quickly said, no, no, that that's not not my vocation. I did not do that. I, I'm not interested in shifting into a political life. Um, but what the political life is very important to me as an individual citizen. So that was the the point of it. And I, I learned that there wasn't a temptation. For instance, I had some people I I won rather well to suggest that I run for a, another higher office, like Secretary of State, of that. And I just said, no, no, no. That is that's not where I came from, and not where I'm going. Right. Okay. Well. Um is there anything that I didn't ask about that you want to talk about, or, or? No, okay. No, I don't think so. You've been very thorough. I just understand. I can't understand how you have the patience and and can do this. I, I hope it works out well for you. I hope I haven't left something out or misrepresented. I, I, yeah, I, I think it, it, you've done very well on that. I don't object to it. You just want to know, okay, what's what's going here, mm-hmm. and. Uh, I think you would see that from from this point of view, and so if I have, I hope I haven't hindered that. I tried to end a complicated answer, especially a complicated situation, but not really. You know, it's always a kind of human situation with me because the same people that were my members were were, were some of those that supported me to run for the office. Right. That, that attitude prevailed, so uh, that's one that I had. I wasn't running as a politician as such. I was running in terms of human interest. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that gives an interesting uh, sort of just look at the General Assembly and some of the people in it. I think... You know the the perceptions of what politicians are like. Uh, you know, usually people probably th- think about politicians being you know very very political, um, and it's good for people to see that there's it's more complex than that, and you have a lot more different type of characters, and a lot of people that are just there because maybe their community wanted them to be there, especially in state politics. So. Well, I would say you've been very thorough in this and, 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 and very open. I hope your project goes well because yeah. you've been very you've been very good at asking the key questions, and I, I hope I haven't misled or, or certainly didn't want to, but I hope I didn't understand. Anyway, I think you've got a grip on it, and uh, best to you now. Uh, sorry it took so long and so much and by, by having a hearing, but when you, when you get to be 90, the, the hearing gets a little old. Yeah, no, no worries. I understand, and I think, yeah. I think the the fact that you're able to, you know, still do interviews, you know, in your 90s is, I think, probably just going to be inspiring for people. So, <laughs> I think you did fantastic, and uh, I really appreciate you taking the time to help out. So, yes. 
Well, it's very good of you. You've been very patient, and I hope it works out well for you. All right. Perfect. All right. Well, good to know you. You've been very conscientious about it, and, and uh, the best of luck for it. I'll do what I can when you send the papers, huh? All right. Thank you. Take care. Mm-hmm. Bye. Bye.